0: which I'm sure is definitely because I'm here and not because Cindy's here. Um, (laughs) um, Hey, if this is um, your first time here in a little while, you may not know, but we're going through a series called Catechism. Um, It's a time where um, we get to spend, is it nine weeks? Yeah, nine weeks or more, week eight. We're almost at the end um, of looking at these kind of fundamental basics of um, what it means to follow God and say that we are Christians. Um, And I feel that so often... Um, even if you've grown up in the church, um, there's so much that like sits behind these words that we use as kind of shorthand for what we believe, um, but we don't often spend the time going into what we actually mean when we say um, words. So things like mission, which Scotty talked about last week, things like prayer, um, and this week we're talking about holiness. Um it's such a huge and vast thing that um, hopefully here are a couple of thoughts which are helpful. Um for those of us who have been part of seasonal guide groups, how is this week? Like? This is a time for you guys to share. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Holy. Holy Peculiar. Time set apart. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. Sounds like it was a winner all round. Cool. Um, So yeah, we're looking at this idea of holiness. And I think um, that word, like for me, it's one of those words that carries a lot of baggage because it's often bandied around in terms of like, um, in terms of a value thing. we say like oh you're so much more holy than me and I remember this one time sitting down at like a camp at like a Christian camp and just like pulled out whatever book I was reading at the time which I think was from Tim Keller and I don't think I ever finished um but like the person next to me is kind of like oh you're so holy you're reading a Christian book and I was like oh Oh, yeah, and it just like didn't know how to respond, and I was like, this is not the moment to like get into like a discussion of what do you mean when you say i am holy, but like also, I'm definitely not this is why I'm reading the book I'm <laughs> 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 but um I think we so often use it in that sense, right like of, oh you're doing something that looks like it ticks a box um of what a Christian should do, therefore you must be holy and um, Helmut, obviously, the most holy chapter. Amelie's the most holy member of the <laughs> Helman chapter. She remembered to share something about what God did in her week when we were sharing um, on Wednesday, and none of us did. Um, but um, I really want to initially start um, by talking around, like, when we talk about holiness, what we mean is um, being called out and being set apart. And this difference between piety and holiness Um the difference between um, piety being kind of like the reverence and the actions that kind of like, I don't know, my initial thing was just like, you know, someone in a white robe at like like high Anglican service holding incense or something or like holding a candle or like clasped in prayer, kind of like our little icony uh, thing here, um, this kind of like solemn reverence towards God. Um, and, like, there's nothing wrong with that, but that is such a limited view of what holiness is. Um, I think we often think that there's this kind of like mentality that if we say one thing is holy, we can't say another, like, another thing can't be holy. But holiness is, is amongst us and within um, each of us because we serve a, a holy God. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of thinking of, of where we use the word, and I was thinking around how holy scripture changes what is just script um, into something that is um, able to instruct and inspire us. Um, holy ground is changes like you know an office space like this um, into a space where we encounter the living God. Um, holy discontent, which changes these um, feelings of frustration. Um, into something that is a prophetic call to action and to change. And holy troublemakers, people who, um, you know, cause disruption in order to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Um, So I think when we think of piety, when we think of of holiness, we often think of piety. We often think of this really narrow kind of idea around what it looks like and and being set apart in a sense of being apart from the world. Um, but God sets us apart in order to be within this world, in order to be a holy presence within, um, our, um, within Wellington, within our church, within, um, our world. Cool. So, um, I'm not going to speak for long, and that was kind of my point one, which I kind of then made an introduction, but didn't, <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to speak for long, but, um, just to, yeah, start off by talking around, um, point one, that, um. Holiness is to, is to be called out, but um, holiness is so much more than just this, these actions of rightness, but it's around a heart that is right and looking towards God. Second thing that I was thinking of this week and um, that um, really struck me as I was um, praying over what what are the kind of like things that come up when we think of holiness, um, was this idea of that holiness outworked as justice. Um, and in the podcast, we talked around holiness as living into what God has already done. Um, and all of these verses that I came across, um, which talked around being holy and God being holy, they all were linked up with the outworking of God's kingdom. Um, so maybe I'm kind of jumping ahead to content from next week, which is looking at the kingdom of God, but, um, but this kingdom of God is justice and peace, um, it is, um, I, I go to a school in Nelson, which um, the guy who, like, is the dean there, he, um, he always talks about mishpah and tzedakah, um, which are the words for justice and righteousness, um, that these are the footstools of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, we serve a holy God. God is intrinsically holy, and God is the king of this earth. And his kingdom is one of justice and peace. So when we serve a holy God, when we say that we are made in his image and we are bringing his kingdom, we are bringing his holiness on earth. Um, there's so many verses in the Bible which talk about this. And so I just wanted to go through a couple of them um, because I think it's, yeah, quite cool to um, look at that. But, um, one that really stuck out, which is quite bizarre, is Matthew 23, which talks around the seven woes of the um, of the Pharisees. Um, Jesus was pretty brutal when it came to um, when it came to people who um, used holiness as a power tool over others. Um, and there's this part in it which seems interesting There's this part in it um, which says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you to do, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And I think that's just such an image of when we um, forget that holiness is tied to justice. Um that when we forget that, um, yeah, when we um forget that um our holiness outworked our, our living into who God is um calling us to be, living into our image as God's children, um is tied to bringing justice and righteousness on this earth. Um, when we yeah tell people these um, things they need to change about themselves, the way they need to act, um and they are unwilling to step into um that action ourselves and unwilling to actually um, work alongside them to see this come true. So holiness at work is justice. And thirdly, holiness, holy lives are in obedience to God. We talked in the podcast around um, holiness is life lived in obedience to the God who loved us. And throughout the podcast, if you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it longer than (laughs) you might But um, we talked around um, this idea of um, people coming out of slavery um, into a life of freedom. Um, We talked around um, then there are things that God calls us to do um, in order to live into that freedom. Um, And holiness is living in obedience to um, that God who loves us so much that he takes us out of slavery and pulls us into freedom. Um, I think one of the big things that we believe that's a lie Is that um, in order to be holy we must change everything about ourselves Um, But then on the other hand I think it's also a lie that In order to be truly authentically ourselves We can't change any aspect of ourselves By knowing Jesus we will be changed Um, We were talking in prayer beforehand around you know, we expect people to come here um, on a on a Sunday night and, and not leave the same as when they enter. Um, we encounter God and we are changed, um, but God does not want um, an army of <laughs> um to do His willing. He He made us all in unique ways in order to um, serve Him in mm-hmm. unique ways. Um, think of the journey that we're going on in Thiaal Mari as well as these people who have been able to connect with God um through their Maori Tanga and um through that unique culture and Tikanga that they have um, and then share that with the rest of the world. And isn't that just like such a beautiful example of God making people and, and being able to embrace the uniqueness of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, some things will need to change but other things won't and being yeah. Living out um, of obedience is um, living into true, who we truly are, always meant to be. Um, there's that bit in Romans 12 um, in Romans 12, where it talks around um, be transformed by the renewing of your heart, this is your spiritual act of worship. Um, we are transformed when we offer ourselves as sacrifices, um, as living sacrifices to our <coughs> Holy God. Um, It's also um, a passage in Colossians where it talks around um, right living. Um, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I think when we think about clothing ourselves and being holy people, those are the things that God sees as holy, compassion and patience. And above all these things, put on love. Um, we are called to love one another. I think going back to um, yeah, how often we bandy around holiness, I think so often we think of ourselves as the holy people and um, others as as not, um, we think, you know, we have got this, like, great gift. We know how, we know what is pleasing to God. These are the people who are doing something different that must not be pleasing to God. And, um, yeah, I just feel like there's this real call and this real um, invitation to, um, to once again hold all that we are before God and say, God, what is it that you are wanting to clothe me in? And what is it that you are wanting me to um, step into and to show um, what is pleasing to you? Um, and then <laughs> to look at the person beside us and to not ask those questions, but instead, what is it that you are wanting me to call out of them? Um, what is the God thing that you are doing in their life that I can encourage? Um, Yeah, I think so often we go to see the points where we um, bring people down instead of encouraging them. When I was in Nelson, we were doing this talk on holiness, which was really cool because I was doing the Sermon on Holiness the next week, so I could just pull a bunch of different ideas. It became really quickly this kind of thing of like, you know, like that church down the road, they just don't get it when we do cool worship and... I was just like, How is this a thing? Like, why are you getting so concerned over like arguing your way into thinking that you are the most holy people? Um, God wants us to serve God and um, to serve Him in all these different ways, and um, the act of being um, an obedient, the act of being obedient to Him is to recognize the holy in each of us and recognize the holy work that God is doing in each of us. I wanted to um, yeah end on that note of obedience um, because I think it's again really difficult to know. I, I just really always want to know like the cliff notes of like okay then what does that mean? So then what should I do? And there's no kind of like set rule book for. Holiness. Um, There are things that that we can look in scriptures and be like, "Cool, yeah, made some (coughs) points there around things that we shouldn't do and and things that are good." But um, there's not like a a line by line anymore of of what we should do and what we um, shouldn't. Um, Whether it's okay to um, know like whether it's okay to drink, whether it's okay to um, to to eat meat different things will happen different people will come to different conclusions on those and, and some of them will think that that is a really important issue of holiness and other people will not um, but um, yeah I wanted to end on that note of obedience because um, I think it I think it's just really important that we um, remember in all of this to hold our lives before God and to hold um. To hold all that we do and all that we think and all that we um believe before God. Um He is the one who shows us what is holy and He is the one who um who can teach us what um what obedience looked like. Um Yeah, um just gonna finish by reading a um poem by Walter Brueggemann. Um so Walter Brueggemann is a um, Old Testament scholar, and he um, used to write poems every day before class and then share them with his class, um, which I just love so much. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Um, but also um, just that there was this idea of that learning together of what it looks like to sit in contemplation before God and hear what he is saying to each of us. So I encourage you as you listen to this, and then we're going to get the worship team up um, and um and have a time of reflection and response um, to to listen to this and to see what God is calling us all to and what act of obedience God is calling each of us to. I'm sorry, I've stolen someone's chair also from the worship team, so I'll give that back to you at some point. Um, While we're worshiping, the cross is there, there are people who are ready to pray for you. I think the challenge tonight is to ask God what it looks like to be obedient to him um, and um, what it looks like for us to um, call on him to encourage one another. Um, So um, if you would like prayer, there are so many people who are willing to pray for you. Um, If you also have been hurt by um, what um, people's perceptions of holiness looks like, um, then I'd also really love to pray for healing for that. Um and yeah, we'll love like, do So let's um, maybe we just close our eyes. We arrange our lives as best we can to keep your holiness at bay with our pieties, our doctrines, our liturgies. Our moralities, our secret ideologies, safe, virtuous, settled. And then you. You and your dreams. You and your visions. You and your purposes. You and your commands. You and our neighbours. We find your holiness not at bay, but probing pervading, insisting, demanding. And we yield, sometimes gladly, sometimes resentfully, sometimes (coughs) late or soon. We yield because you beyond us are our God. We are your creatures met by your holiness and by your holiness made our true selves yeah